Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. It is good to be in the house of God tonight. And uh, I want to turn your attention to Numbers chapter 9. Please remember your pastor and his family, our pastor and his family in, in, our, in your prayers. They are in California ministering and be traveling to Florida. Pastor Will to minister there and we'll be back, back on Sunday. And uh, so remember them in, in your prayers. And we, um, we're blessed here. We are blessed here with a great pastor and pastor's wife and family. And... Um, it's not like this everywhere, and uh, we're a blessed people, and I give honor to our pastor tonight. Give honor to the saints of God, and uh, saints of God that are here on a cold Wednesday night, and uh, every year right around this time, I, you know, I, I say to myself, I'm going to get one of those remote start things for my car, and I never do it, um, but this might be the year. I, I don't know. It might be the year. Um, <laughs> it might be the year. Um, amen. It's good to be here. Amen. Let's uh, let's get into the Word. Are you ready to get into the Word? Uh, young people are, are in the youth service tonight. I'm usually there, so uh, I'm preaching to the, to the not-so-young tonight. <laughs> Oh, I, I, um, I'm used to being down there. And, uh, and so <clears throat> y'all, y'all can get intimidating at times and y'all scare me a little bit. I'm used to young ones, you know, that are picking their nose and just looking at me like, what's going on? I'm teasing. Numbers 9, 15. <clears throat> and on the day that the tabernacle was reared up, the cloud covered tabernacle everybody say the cloud covered the tabernacle this was this was when it was first constructed the bible says the cloud covered the tabernacle namely the tent of the testimony and at even there was upon the tabernacle as it were the appearance of fire until the morning so it was always the cloud covered it by day and the appearance of fire by night everybody say cloud by day fire by night. Verse 17, when the cloud was taken up from the tabernacle, then after that, the children of Israel journeyed in the place where the cloud abode. There the children of Israel pitched their tents. And at the commandment of the Lord, the children of Israel journeyed. And at the commandment of the Lord, they pitched. As long as the cloud abode upon the tabernacle, they rested in their tents. In other words, as long as the cloud was there, as long as the visible representation of the, of the Spirit of God was there with them, that's where they stayed. Verse 19, And when the cloud tarried long upon the tabernacle many days, then the children of Israel kept the charge of the Lord and journeyed not. 
And so it was when the cloud was a few days upon the tabernacle, according to the commandment of the Lord, they abode in their tents, and according to the commandment of the Lord, they journeyed. And so it was when the cloud abode from even until morning, and that the cloud was taken up in the morning, then they journeyed, whether it was by day or by night that the cloud was taken up, they journeyed. Or whether it were two days or a month or a year that the cloud tarried upon the tabernacle remaining thereon. I lost my spot. There it is. The children of Israel abode in their tents and journeyed not, but when it was taken up, they journeyed. And the commandment of the Lord, and the commandment of the Lord, they rested in the tents, and, the, and at the commandment of the Lord, they journeyed. They kept the charge of the Lord at the commandment of the Lord by the hand of Moses. At the commandment of the Lord by the hand of Moses. Verse, verse 15 through 23, almost, I mean, you heard it as I read it. it. It gets so redundant that it's almost hard to keep up with. It's at the hand of the Lord, they journeyed. At the hand of the Lord, they stayed. When, 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 when the cloud stayed, they stayed. When the cloud lifted, they, they didn't stay, whether it was a month, a year, whatever. They, they journeyed, they stayed. They journeyed, they stayed. And so I, I, want, to, I want to teach just on this subject tonight. And um, that is this, follow the leader follow the leader. I'm going to kind of highlight uh, that end, that last verse. Uh, at the commandment of the Lord, they rested in tents, and at the commandment of the Lord, they journeyed. They kept, charge of, they kept the charge of the Lord at the commandment of the Lord by the hand of Moses. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach, follow the leader. Let's pray. Lord, I love you. God, I thank you for this night. I pray that your word would come alive to us, would come alive to me. God, I pray that you would just minister to, to this body tonight. Minister to us. We want to be equipped, Lord, to walk with you and to continue with you. Where We want to go where you're going. We want to follow you in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Children of the Lord, children of Israel were in a peculiar place because they left Egypt following a word and signs from the Lord. It was a, started out as initially just a word from God. It was, but then he, how many know he followed that word by evidence that uh, I, this place ain't, isn't, isn't going to, you're, you're not going to want to stay here. You're not going to want to hang out here. The 10 plagues come and, and how many know that, that the plagues were, uh, I mean, they were serious. It was, it was, um, just one thing after another, frogs and fleas and lice and darkness and boils and, and, and animals and, and, and eventually the death of the firstborn of every, um, of every, uh, of every home, that the blood wasn't applied. You find in the scripture that the children of Israel, I, I tell you what, let me back up for a minute here. Have you ever wondered, you know, in, in those 10 plagues, the first three plagues, the children of Israel went through those as well. The rest of them, they did not. Um, there was a period 
um, of time in which the Lord was showing his people who is God. There are times that we are not exempt from what God does on the earth. He shows that in, in those plagues, that there was, there was three plagues. You can study this. It's a great, it's a great study. And each one of those, uh, each one of those plagues is, is symbolic to something in uh, Egypt's uh, religious system. And you can study that. It's, very, it's a very great study. But, but you'll find in the first three that the church was not exempt. And we see in this season and in this hour that we live in that we are not exempt from some things. We had, uh, we... You heard it just as I heard it, that, that you know, a strong, as strong of statements being made as we don't have authority over COVID. Um, and, uh, and, and I, um, while I believe and I know that God can do anything, I know that God at times works in ways that I don't comprehend or understand. And so just as the children of Israel were not exempt from everything going on in the world, we too are not always exempt. But as the story goes on, as the plagues continue, the people of God are, are spared from that. And, and everywhere else, the plagues were, were coming down. And, but in Goshen, the people of God were protected. There are some things that we will have to go through. There are some things that because we are here and because of uh, just because of who we are, it doesn't mean we'll be absent from the trials that come. But we must remain steadfast in knowing that if we will stay on the Lord's side, if we will stay with what the Lord is doing, while we may go through temp temporary things, it won't always come to the people of God. Amen. How many know he separates his people unto himself? Amen. Holiness means to be separated, not just from the world, but, but unto God. I, I don't live a holy life just to, just to check off a, 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 just to check off a list of things that I do and don't do. I live a holy life because I want, I, I, I want to live a separated life that separates me from, from this world and from what God is doing in this world, amen, to, to what he's doing in his people. I, I want to be separated unto God. We live holy lives to be separated unto God. Can somebody say amen? amen. And so the children of Israel, they, they go out of Egypt. They have, not, they have, they have clothes on their back. They have, uh, they have their animals and they have the, the gold and the silver and they spoil the Egyptians. They have finances, but... But they're in a peculiar place because they don't, they don't have places to live. They, they have tents and they may be used to dwelling in, in, in homes and, and these things for so many years that, that the people, that their family before them had built. But they were in a peculiar place in that they left the stability of a, of a home and where they were going to be and where they were going to live. And, and, they, and they journey out and follow and follow Moses as Moses is following the Lord. And you'll find that the children of Israel end up in some very peculiar situations. Exodus chapter 13, I, I, I find this, I've always been intrigued by this statement, Exodus 13 and 17. The Bible says, and it came to pass when Pharaoh had led had let the people go that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near, although that was the quickest way, 
For God said, lest peradventure the people repent when they see war and they return to Egypt. But God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up, harnessed out of the land of Egypt. God led the children of Israel not on the quickest route. He said, he says it very specifically in this story. He said, the Lord did not lead them through, Philist, through, uh, through the Philistine uh, territory because he knew if they saw war, as soon as they came out of Egypt, they would want to flee back to Egypt. He said, but instead, he took them to the Red Sea. He took them a longer route, a different route, but he took them up against the Red Sea. I find this very interesting because it appears to me in Scripture, it appears to me that God took the children of Israel to a place not where they would have to fight themselves, not where they would have to pick up a sword and, and a shield and, and, and prepare for a physical war. God did not lead them to that place. But God led them to a place, to the edge of a Red Sea. He led them to a place that forced them to depend on him. Not depend on their abilities, not depend on what they could, uh, what courage and strength they could muster up for war. But God said, instead of that, I'm going to take you to a place where you have to rely and depend on me. And that's what God, that's sometimes how God operates. He'll, he'll spare us, the, he'll, he'll take us away from the place where maybe there is something that is more uh, physical or more demanding on us that, that would be required. And God says, I'm not going to make them go through that, but I'm just going to take them to a place where they have to rely and depend on me. Have you ever been there? I'm going to take them on a, on a path. Bible says he leads me through paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Sometimes the path isn't easy, but the path is always right. Amen. And so he'll take us, he, he, he'll take us at times to places where we have no control and we have no ability. We don't have the ability to cross a Red Sea that is, that is flowing. We don't, we don't have the ability to, to, in the means to take almost a million people across this sea. God will take us to a place where we must follow Him. We say this a lot. We sing about it. We, we hear it. And, and, but, but saying it and hearing it sometimes is a lot different than doing it. I find that to be very true in my own life. And Pastor Tony's statement from Sunday night has stuck with me to where the gap between what I believe and how I behave has to change. And so what God does in these moments is take what I believe and how I behave and say, hey, let's, let's get them a little bit closer together. You know, we, we, we sing about it and we, we hear about it and, and all of those things. But to really follow the Lord, to really follow God in moments where I don't know where I'm going. 
spiritually. I don't, I don't know where I'm at. Maybe some decisions that have to be made in life. I don't know where I am. Has anybody ever been there before? I've been there before many times uh, where I don't know where I am. God will take us to a place where we have to rely on him. And the scripture tells us that uh, in Numbers chapter 9 and verse 23, that they kept the charge of the Lord by the hand of Moses. They kept the charge of the Lord by the hand of Moses. We see in scripture a very clear, visible sign that was given to the children of Israel as they journeyed through the wilderness and uh, to Canaan, to the edge of Canaan. They were, they were led by a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Everybody say a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And it goes on and on and on that, that wherever the cloud stayed, they stayed. It didn't matter if it was a day, a month, a year. If the cloud stayed, they stayed. And if the cloud went, they went. The problem that we deal with at times and that I deal with personally is sometimes I get comfortable where I am. I get content. I, you know, I start, I, start, um, I start moving in, if you will. Start setting up shop, you know, let me, let me build a little house here. I'm tired of this tent, right? Uh, you, you start setting up shop and where you are and we get comfortable and God's saying, I'm moving, you can't stay here. And so we have to work against this flesh. When God is moving, we have to move. Can I tell you that in this hour that, that, that COVID and all of these things have happened, God is not stationary right now. I'm just going to tell you, we're, we're, not, we're not in a stationary place where we're just hanging out saying, hey, let's, let's see what happens. We're not in a stationary place. But God is saying, can you pick up where, what, what you've always done? Can you pick up the, the plans that you made? Can you pick up the foundations that you've laid? Can you pick that up and can you follow me? That's why the original tabernacle was a moving tabernacle. It was a. It was. It was always meant. To, it meant to be picked up, to be to be packed up and moved wherever the spirit of God is moving. Why? Because the Lord, He is a God of movement. He is a God of change. While sometimes I get used to, and I really like things that that stay the same and that are always the same. God is a God of movement. And can I tell this church on this Wednesday night that when the cloud moves, we must move with it. Amen. When the, when the cloud moves, we must move with it. We cannot remain stationary. I'm going to tell you right now, there is no more frustrating place to be in the world than where God is not. I'm just going to be honest with you. I've learned it from personal experience. There is no more frustrating place, no more demoralizing place in the world to be than where God isn't. I feel like I've been there too many times to, to, to admit to you tonight, but I do not want to be where God is not. I want to pack up and follow where he leads. I will follow where he leads. I will go. I want to follow the cloud. Amen. Wherever it goes, that's where I want to go. 
We cannot in this day, we cannot in this season become stationary. We must say, okay, if we're going to pray, let's pray. If we're going to fast, let's fast. If we're going to buckle down and do some things that are out of the ordinary, you know what? Let's do it. Why? Because as Moses was following God, amen, God was leading him and God was, amen, leading the people and pastor, amen, our pastor at times will get into a prayer meeting and get in. Amen. He hears from the Lord. I've come to tell you, I spend, I spend as much time with him as anybody in this room does. And he is a man that hears from God. And when he says it's time to move, let me tell you right now, it is time to move. When it's time to fast, it's time to fast. When it's time to pray, it's time to pray. You must we must follow where the spirit of the Lord is leading. This is not a message of condemnation. This is a message saying, hey, let's get everybody involved. Hey, we don't want anybody left behind. I don't want you to be lost. I don't want my family to be lost. Let's pack up and let's go where God is going. <clears throat> Can I tell you on this Wednesday night, I just let me just share my heart with you on a few things tonight. I'm not going to be long, but it appears to me that, that we, it's very obvious, I think, to all of us that we are living in the last days. Perilous times are here. We, we can't become numb to that fact that, that midnight is, is quickly approaching. Amen. That, that God is adding Amen. An 11th hour church of, of labors to come and be a part of this last harvest. There is a harvest coming, folks. There is a great harvest coming, amen, to Zanesville, to Muskingum County, to this region. There is a great harvest coming. <coughs> but it appears to me that as, that as the day becomes night, the darker it becomes, the more obvious the spirit of where the spirit of the Lord is leading becomes. I, I, I'm just, th these are just some points that I ponder that I, I just need you to, to, to go with me on this. It, it is uh, sometimes when you look at a cloud in the day, it's easy to, to, to get it out of focus with, with the sky and what's, what's behind that. It's, it's sometimes uh, I wasn't there and I wasn't in the scripture, neither were you. But, but, but sometimes it's, it's not easy to, to, to distinguish the cloud. But, but you, let, you let the night come. You let the fire show up. And I will show you as great of a contrast as you are going to get. That the, the darker that the night gets, the darker that the hour gets, the more clear the path becomes for the people of God. Amen. And I believe that to be true and in, in this day and this hour that we are seeing much more clearly what the path and the plan of God is. We cannot allow, amen, our, our rituals and the things that we have always done to become a, 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 a stumbling block for us to where we do not follow the very clear path that God has laid for us. We've got to follow. Amen. When we get closer and closer to midnight, we've got to follow the obvious direction of the Spirit of the Lord. 
Can I tell, can I tell us tonight that God put a pastor in my life and God put a pastor in your life to be just that, a pastor? Amen. To be a pastor? I'm thankful for my pastor. Are you thankful for your pastor? But I feel, I just want to mention a few things here for us tonight. That if he is, if I say that he is my pastor and he is my pastor, when he speaks a word to me and he speaks a word over this pulpit that is, that, that is spoken of something that, that I should do or something that I should be a part of or, or not do or, or not be a part of. We have to trust that he has heard from God for, my, for me, for my, for my spouse, for my family. And so what he speaks from this pulpit, I'm going to agree with in my home. Amen. As he is being led by God, we are called to follow him. I am called to follow him. I've had, if, you, if, if you've been in this thing for, for very long, you've had moments that are challenging. Moments where you have some things that, are, that are, you're wrestling with in your spirit. I, I, I'm going to tell you right now. I don't know if anybody has been in the pastor's office for correction more than I have in this room. I've done a lot of dumb stuff. But I'm going to tell you right now, I have been blessed because of, because of the decisions I have made not to get mad or not, well, I'm sure I've gotten mad at times, but not to get to a place where I say, you know what, I'm not going to do that. You know what? I, I'm not going to go that there. I, I'm, uh, and I don't say this for any other reason than to make a point tonight. But there has not been a moment that I am aware of right now where I have where, where there has been correction. And I have said, I'm not doing that. There hasn't been a moment where, where, where there's been instruction. And I said, nope, not going to do that. Why? Because he's my pastor. Because he's, he's the, he, is the, he is the man of God that God has called for me to follow. And when we get into the kingdom of God, we, we sometimes, some, somehow this gets lost that we become, we become people that are, that are bought out of, 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 uh, of a life slave to sin. But we aren't just on our own now. We become a slave to Christ, a servant to Christ, as the Bible says. We are called to serve the Lord. And I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about a, a, a dogmatic or demanding thing. And if you, our, our pastor's reasonable. He doesn't do, say anything that's ridiculous. But, but I, I want you to know that we must follow. Not in just word, but in deed. We must follow the, the teaching and the, and, the, and the preaching and the words and the instructions of the man of God in our lives. Why? Because he's not following his own ambitions. He's not following his own desires. He's not following his own ideas. He has heard from heaven. 
And if I believe what I say I believe, then I believe that the instruction that comes out of him is from God. And because it's from God, I'm not going to do anything that will put a divide between me and God. Listen, my, my spouse is too important. My three boys are too important. My future is too important. My eternity is too important for anything to get in the way between the instruction that my pastor gives and my spirit. They're, 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 that all those things are too important for me just to say, well, I'm not going to do that. There must be something in us that says, if the cloud is going there, I'm going to. If the fire is going there, then I'm going to. I am preaching or teaching on this Wednesday night, and I am calling for us as the saints of God. Amen. Let's dedicate ourselves again to the following of the cloud, to the following of the Spirit of God. I understand it is easy to get our eyes on temporal things, to get our eyes on things where we've camped and where we've stayed for, for, for so long, but we must recommit. I'm going to follow the instruction of God. I'm going to follow where God is leading us. Clap your hands unto the Lord. There's safety. There is safety in following. There is safety in following. Amen. The Bible says, in the multitude of counsel, there is safety. There's safety in counsel. Amen. There is safety in having somebody that can speak into your life. There is safety in somebody that can say, no, you ought not to be doing that. There's safety in that. If I get to a place, I'm, I'm preaching to Cody tonight, but if I get to a place where I say, you know what, that's, that's not for me. If I get to a place where I, where I can live a life that is opposing to this word and yet feel okay about it, I'm in a dangerous place. I don't want to get to a place where I feel okay to oppose what God is doing and what God is saying, but I want to remain tender in every trial, through everything that I go through. I want to remain tender to what God is saying to me. I want to follow what God is saying. Amen. In uncertain times, in uncertain times, there is a certain, there is a familiar sound. There is a familiar voice. There is a steady voice. God will always lead us in the right path. But we have to remain faithful to his voice and to his plan. Because I promise you, the words of the enemy are going to come and have come to some of us in this season. But can I tell you, I, I heard a point that was very powerful recently by Brother Mark Morgan. We, we hear words from the enemy and we hear these things. You know, in the story of Job, I preached about Job on Sunday morning. But when the devil approached God and said, and the Lord, the Lord said to to, to the devil, have you considered my servant Job? Have, 
Have you considered him? He's an upright man. He's, he's done all of these things. And, and, and the Lord gave him permission. When God gave the enemy permission to take Job's stuff, when he lifted the hedge that was around Job, the devil just did it. He just took it. He didn't, he didn't tell him what he was going to do. He didn't, the devil didn't stop by to Job's house and say, hey, Job, let me tell you what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to take your kids. I'm going to take your livestock. I'm going to, Job, the, the devil didn't do that. And when, when the devil went back and, and, and the Lord said, you can, you can touch his body, but you can't kill him. You know what? The devil didn't go, go up to Job and, and, and say, hey, here, hey, Job, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to put boils all over your skin and I'm going to, and I'm going to make you wish you were dead. I, I'm going to just make you. The devil didn't do that. He just did it. Why? Because he had permission to do it. But a lot of times the enemy will speak to us and tell us things that he's going to do. And he'll, he'll, he'll plague our minds with things. And this is what I'm going to do. And this is what's going to happen to your future. And this is what's going to happen to your, to your, to your marriage. And you're fine. And this, that, and the other. He, he says these things. But in reality, you have to understand that he is saying these things because he doesn't have permission to do it. He speaks things to us that he does not have permission to carry out. And so you cannot allow the words of the enemy. I know I'm off subject right now, but you cannot allow the words of the enemy to cause you to believe a lie that is being spoke over you. If God did not, if, if God would have granted permission, then it would have already been done, but he's speaking it because he has no power to do it. And so I want to tell somebody in this room, don't believe the words of the enemy. Don't believe the report of the enemy. You've got to stay steadfast. Amen. You've got to stay consecrated to the voice that is leading, to the voice of the Lord, to the voice of your pastor. You've got to stay faithful to those voices because they'll never lie. They'll never stray you away from where God is leading. They'll never stray you away from what God is doing. I am so thankful to have a voice in my life that says there is still hope when I don't feel hope. That says there is still a future when I don't feel a future. I am thankful for a steady voice. Stand with me all over the building. Everybody say, follow the leader. I want to follow God. I want to follow God, not just in word, but in what I do. I want to follow the Lord. I want to follow the Lord. This is a, let me, let me just bounce off of this here. I, I just, I'm a, I guess, popcorn preach here for a second, but, um, you know, has anybody ever been wounded? Maybe somebody said something to you or somebody did something to you at a young age. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I'm sure that if we went across the room. There's many that maybe have been wounded in this room. Do you know that wounds have to be tended to daily? 
in order for a wound to heal, this is just, um, I just want to throw this in here tonight. This is free. You don't have to pay me. In order for a wound to heal, you cannot just address it once. You can't just, you can't just take it to God and say, Lord, I, I, I give this to you. I, you know, Lord's moving on a Sunday night and, and, and all of this is going on and, and it's powerful and you lift your hands and God, I'm going to give this to you. I give it to you tonight and, and here you are Tuesday morning and it's back. Wounds do not, many times, I believe in the delivering power of God. I, be, I believe God can do anything at any time. But there are many times where wounds do not heal in just a moment. They heal over a process of time. If I were to get, if I were to get scuffed up here, I know one time I was playing football on, on the concrete at recess in sixth grade and wasn't one of the, my better decisions. But... Um, I, I fell real hard on, on the concrete, and I, I gashed my, my hand up real bad here. I remember having to change out that bandage. It was, it, I, I would, you know, neosporin and all those things and put the, the, the rubbing alcohol on it, and you'd, you know, just, you know, just scream like a girl. And... Uh, and, uh, you know, all of that. And you, but, but if you just addressed it once, it, it, you had to keep addressing it. And I don't know who this is for tonight, but you can't just address a wound once and expect it to be better. You can't address a spiritual wound just one time and expect it to be better. It has to be a daily addressing, a daily dressing, if you will. Where you, where you change the bandage and you take it off and you, you wipe off the junk and you, and you address it again. You, you put the stuff on it and you put a new bandage on it and you, you address it all over again. And the next day, here you are, you, you, you address it again and you bring it before the Lord. You bring, you bring your wound before God. And over a period of time, a wound that was sore and hurting. You see, we tend to shy away from those things in prayer because they aren't fun to pray about, hurt. Has anybody had some things that you shied away from because you, you didn't want to pray about them? I have. I'm just gonna be real. Um, it's a period of time where I stopped praying for Winston's eye because it, it hurt to pray about it. Because it bothered me that nothing was happening, that nothing was changing. And so I stopped praying about the wound, about the situation, because nothing was going on. So for a period of time, I stopped praying about it. I've been there. I don't know if you've been there, but I've been there. But God calls us not to avoid those things, but he calls us to, to, to cast those things on him, to cast those wounds on him. And I, I just feel to tell somebody tonight, that your wound has to be addressed more than once. You have to keep addressing it. 
you have to keep bringing attention to it. You have to keep taking it. It doesn't mean you dwell on it for the rest of your life and you're a miserable person, but it does mean that you cast it on God. You cover it in prayer and then you cover it with words full of faith, words full of hope, uh, uh, speaking, you know, you, you cover it in a way that you're saying, Lord, I, it hurts now, but it's not gonna hurt. It's not gonna hurt later. Lord, I'm bringing it to you because I still believe you're able. Wounds have to be, man, I just feel something right here. We all, we all at times become wounded. But when, when we become wounded, we have to go to God. You have to go to God. You have to go to God. Don't avoid, don't avoid the, the wound because it's painful. You gotta, you gotta go to God about it. Cast all your care on Him. He cares for you. Amen. Amen. Lord, I thank you for tonight. Thank you for these wonderful people that are here. God, I just pray that that we would rededicate ourselves tonight to follow wherever the cloud goes, wherever the fire goes. We want to follow. Doesn't matter how long or how short you stay somewhere. We want to follow you. We recommit ourselves tonight to following not just in word, but in deed. Would somebody pray that prayer right now? I just feel a touch of God in this room. I want to follow in word and in deed. I want my family to be blessed. I want my family, God, to not just come out of Egypt, but go into the promised place that you have for us in the name of Jesus. If you've got a, if, if your spouse is here with you, I wish you just grabbed their hand right now. I, I just want you to pray, pray with your spouse right now. Let's rededicate ourselves right now to follow. Maybe somebody in this room has been wounded. The Lord wants to touch that wound. He wants to heal that wound. You got to bring it to him. Got to acknowledge it. You've got to bring it to him. Through the process of time, God's going to heal what we tend to avoid. In the name of Jesus, I want you to just take a moment right where you are. You don't have to move, but right where you are, I just want you to take a moment to pray. They're going to begin to sing, and I just want us to pray right now. The Spirit of the Lord is here. In the name of Jesus. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.